Greetings, everyone. This is Mike, one of your co-hosts for our Top 10 with Kyle and Mike. This week, as every week, one of us will be bringing a Top 10 to the show. The other will be debating it vigorously, and by the end, we will have a mutually agreed upon Top 10. This week, Kyle will bring the Top 10. So Kyle, what are we talking about this week? Okay, Mike. So the other day, I was uh, spending some time with my fiance, Elegis, who you know. And as I you do. know, and anyone who has met her knows, one of her defining characteristics is her flaming red hair. <laughs> uh, so I was, I was thinking about that, um, and it occurred to me that we should rank the top ten redheads of all time. Wow. But as, I, as I got into making the list, though, uh, I realized that we, there were two different lists that we could do here, either actual yeah. famous redheads uh, or fictional redheads of any type, and I decided that would be more fun, and I could think of more just kind of off the cuff. Uh, so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to rank the top ten fictional redheads of all time. Okay. Uh, now, I just need some ground rules here. Um, is Weasley a stand-in for all redheaded Weasleys, or are the Weasleys eligible to be ranked separately? Yeah, so I, very quickly into making this list, I realized that there had to be some kind of stand-in rule here because otherwise I'm like only putting three well four Weasleys in here I'm excluding I'm excluding Percy but if we exclude Percy we still have like what eight Weasleys to put on this list yeah. and then it becomes pretty short otherwise so yeah we're not going to just do the Weasleys in order okay <laughs> that could be a pretty fun <laughs> list too <laughs> Arthur Weasley's obviously number one with his red-headed <laughs> rubber duck number two Exactly is the function of a rubber duck. <laughs> yeah. So this this is not an all Weasley list. Uh, okay, Weasleys fair enough. Represented on here, obviously. Okay. Um, right off the bat, there are some honorable mentions I want to to get off this list. These these two are ones that I just don't think qualify. Okay. Um, because they're not well. Well, we can talk about it. Number one is Clifford the Big Red Dog. Oh, I Clifford. love Clifford. <laughs> yeah, everyone loves Clifford. He's big red. He's a symbol for communism. And I think, like, he's just, it's, yeah. Wait, is that a thing? <laughs> it's rumored. I don't know if that's Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, big and red. Um, He has fur, so I, I just don't count him as a redhead, Okay, I guess. Um, It's, but he... You know, he's a great red character in general. That's true. Voiced um, by John Ritter, uh, if you recall, also known for his role on Eight Simple Rules for us younger folks. And then way back in the day, Three's Company. He was great. I loved I loved John Ritter, and he was a great Clifford voice. Wow, I would have to go listen to that again. That's yeah, you'd, you'd, recognize, you'd recognize the voice. Yeah, I bet. Um, <laughs> the other, another honorable mention in the same realm of, like, would definitely make this list if he qualified mm-hmm. is Elmo. I'm not quite sure what. Yeah, I'm not not quite sure what he's made of. Um, it obviously does not protect him from being tickled. Uh, no, I don't think God, I don't think it's hair though. So Elmo obviously would be on this list high if he qualified. He's just like terry cloth. I think. I think he's just made of terry cloth. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Does this also then mean that? Um, is it monster? What's his name? The um, that that goofy Muppet. Uh, who animal animal who goes he's plays with Dave Grohl right yeah yeah, yeah. actually yeah. I that's the second time I've seen animal reference tonight I was watching wow. uh World Series game two 
and uh, Justin Turner was up, and they play like clips of Animal on the jumbotron. Really, at, at Dodger Stadium because like the, he's got that long red beard and everything. Wow, I just that, saw him twice. referred to as Tormund because uh, he looks exactly <laughs> like Tormund Giants Bane. Wow, he really does. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> Think of the babies. I wish they would put. I wonder if the if the rights prevent the Dodgers from playing like clips of Torment on the big screen because that's probably better than, or Torment and Animal at the same time. At least they should do. I wonder if they could just show a giant clip of him just saying, "I like Dick." <laughs> <laughs> ah, Dick. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> I'm glad the showrunners have realized what they have with him. Anyways, yeah. Um, I'll rattle off a few more other honorable mentions here okay. that are great, great redheads, but maybe don't fit quite in the top 10. Oh, and one that I think there's some controversy surrounding, you, you can help me hash it out. Some of the, some of the, are um, some of the lesser known ones are Pete Wheeler, of course. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Pete Wheeler, um, Misty from the Pokemon shows. Um, okay. Not a huge fan of Misty's. That, I don't think. Anybody's like a huge fan of Misty, but like she's a well-known redhead. True, and closely associated with water Pokemon. If you're into that, I'm not. I always chose uh, Charmander. Yeah, obviously. Um, I, this one pains me to be an honorable mention since he's one of my favorite characters of all times, Carl Weezer and his poor scapula. Carl Weezer. <laughs> oh my scapula. <laughs> <laughs> nani nani nani. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, his poor scapula. He's a national treasure. <laughs> he really yeah. is. Uh, yeah, so Carl Weezer. And then this, the, the controversy here is um, Lucy from I Love Lucy. Okay. Because she is a redhead, but that show was, if I'm not mistaken, like completely filmed in black and white. Yeah, that's sort of the um, issue. She is a redhead, but it's all black and white. Yeah, like I don't really... She popped into my head late in making this list, and mm-hmm. I just don't know if I want to include her because, like, the redness of the hair is such a crucial part of this list. Um, it's true. I'm I'm inclined to leave her off for that reason, but with the understanding that she's obviously a very prominent redheaded person. This character. is true. All right, so those are some of the the just missed it. Um, All right, let's let's get into number ten uh, on the on the subject of Game of Thrones. Uh, number 10 is Egret, or Egret, not exactly sure how you say it. Yeah, nobody's sure. Yeah, she has certainly been kissed by fire, uh, and been kissed by Jon Snow, of course. Yeah, she has received <laughs> the, Lord's kiss. the kiss from fire and the Lord's kiss. Yeah, she's, I mean, outside of Thrones fans, she's pretty well known, I would say, because people that don't watch Thrones, all like nine of you, still had to listen to us all say, you know nothing, and then insert, like, your name and mm-hmm. just be really annoyed by it. So she's on this... Because I don't think everyone knows who Tormund is. Yeah. Um, but Egret is, like, pretty well known outside of, um, like, th- the Thrones faithful, even if it's just knowing her from Downton Abbey, like, kind of... Yeah, I was going to say, the crossover, the Rose Leslie crossover with Downton Abbey, I mean, she's just... it Just, like, as Egret, she's so above her station. Like, she she wants to take those typing classes and get out of a life of service, just like she's much more than just a wildling. And I think for that, mm, she definitely deserves her place on this list. 
Because it's it's about more than just her her role as Egret. To be fair, I know this is like kind of going outside the rules, but there's so much when you see her. Well, yeah, she's a babe. Like that doesn't. Hurt. Yeah, no, that's also true. Yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah, Egret's number ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, number nine is another one of my favorite cartoon characters, Dexter from Dexter's Laboratory. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so far, uh, a common theme among both of them, um, both have appeared nude on their television shows. Dexter kind of a lot, if I remember correctly. You see his yeah. butt, like, a yeah. lot. And they also had, like, a squiggly uh, a squiggly penis, which was really kind of an odd move for a Cartoon <laughs> Network show, but I remember Super that. Super controversial. Yeah, it was very strange. <laughs> <Christmas> ween. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> Dexter is a classic. Like he's, I would rank Dexter among, like the top couple like classic, childhood cartoons that we've watched. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> one of the best villains ever, Mandark. <laughs> oh, Mandark was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Dexter. Um, like, not much comes of his red hair. Like, I doubt there are any episodes, like, yeah. Thrones, that are named exclusively after the redness of his hair. But his cultural significance, I would say, is, is greater than he greets, probably. That's a really At good least. point. I, I think that's something we have to weigh here, is how much a part of their character is their red hair. Because I think in order to really rise to that top of the top, it has to be a big part of who you are. You can't just also be a redhead. Yep. Yeah, that's fair. So... You know, maybe for that reason, like, this this ends up getting swapped later on. Because, like, Dexter realistically could have brown hair, and it wouldn't really be a big deal, I guess. Yeah. Um, That's for later, though. Moving on. Number eight. And this is why, the, like, this is weird for me. Because everyone knows who this character is, but I feel like no one really knows anything about this character at all. It's Pippi Longstockings. Tell okay. me anything you know about Pippi Longstockings. Uh, I remember she had um, she had uh, overalls, and she looks a lot like Pete Wheeler. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. She's a hick, she's a hick, or Marky Du Bois, probably more like. <laughs> wow, I'm glad that we're on the backyard baseball team. Yeah, yeah. she's a cross of Marky Du Bois and Pete Wheeler, basically. Yeah. Like she's a hick with red hair. Yeah. What you? I'm didn't pretty know sure she was Pippi like Longstockings. Yeah. Is that she was raised on a pirate ship by her pirate father. Um, what? Yeah. Yeah, she hangs out on a pirate ship. Like, that's her thing. Uh, I, I found this all out the other day when I was making this list and was like, what does she do? What's her thing? Um, she also has superhuman strength. Did you know that? No. I just thought she was a yeah. child of the Dust Bowl. Nope. She's like routinely shown in, in TV and like books. As, like, picking up automobiles, like, cars and large animals. Like, she has superhuman strength, but they never really allude to why that's the case. Wow. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I had no idea. And she's... I should know this since I just looked it up. But it's, uh, Swedish, I think. Like, these are Swedish kind of, like, nursery... Not nursery rhymes, but children's books that are all published in Sweden. Wow. one of the Scandinavian countries. Who the hell knew? Yeah, but like when I think Pippi Longstockings, I think the the overalls and like the pigtails. Like she kind of popularized the pigtail. Yeah, at least for for redheads, I guess. Um, but like everyone knows who she is, so that's why she's she's on this list. Okay, um, respect. Yeah. Um, number seven, going back to 
uh, cartoons from our childhood is young Mr. Chucky Finster of Rugrats fame. Oh, a classic. An absolute classic. Yeah, and his, he's probably got the zaniest hair on this list. Like, Egret's got, you know, like, pretty wild hair as she is a wildling. Um, mm-hmm. And like we said, Pippi's got the pigtails. But Chucky's is like, it's like he just got hit by lightning, like, all the time. It's just everywhere. Oh, absolutely. Um... Again, like, there's not much, I guess, to his character that's tied to his red hair, but very well known. I would no, say. but I, but I think his red hair is interesting um, because, as if you recall correctly, uh, the whole Rugrats show was was very interesting because there's all those conspiracy theories about Stu and and the children being dead and all that, but it was like very wrapped up in the kids and their families' ethnic identity. There was a lot about like their Jewish heritage. Um, and so Chucky really stands out for being a redhead in my recollection. I don't know. I found that I found him always very interesting because you've got sort of you've got Angelica who's blonde and Chucky who's a redhead and they like they really stand out in this show. I don't know. That's true. This is Tom Yeah, Tommy's just completely bald. If I remember correctly, Phil and Lil have like weird just like tufts of hair. Yeah, I think Lil has a bow that distinguishes her and that's sort of mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it just yeah. it was an, it was an interesting choice. It was an interesting choice. I don't know. Um, it's kind of a half developed thought that I'm having here that I I find it interesting to insert a random redhead in this show primarily about Jewish children who often are not redheads. I missed that. Like I completely like you saying that now is the first time I've ever even consider like thought about their heritage in any way. Oh, don't you remember they drink they have the borscht that they hate. They have their grandmother makes the <laughs> the borscht, which is like cold beet stew from Poland. And then they have the whole episode, they have a really important Hanukkah episode. Yeah, there's there's a lot. They have like the remember um remember they have the uh Passover episode too where uh they where um Tommy says let my people let my babies go. I don't remember that at all. I remember the episode where they celebrate Kwanzaa with Susie. Oh, I, that, she's the one with the crazy voice, right? She's like a yeah, super raspy just, voice. She, she sounds like a toad. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, that's exactly. the one. Yeah, I don't know. All in all, this is like a weirdly developing thought that this show was very much like about their, <laughs> their ethnicity. And so throwing in a random sort of Irish looking kid into the mix was just sort of a weird call. <laughs> Yeah, I guess looking back, I should have known with a name like his. Isn't his dad's name Chaz Finster? Yeah, yeah. There's a dead. There's a dead ringer. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Anyway, Chucky's great. Yeah, Chucky's great. Um, so let's we'll, we'll recap real quick. Okay. Uh, number ten, Egret from Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Number nine, Dexter of Dexter's Laboratory. Number eight, Pippi Longstockings of nebulous origin uh <laughs> and then chucky from rugrats of course uh number six is somewhat controversial i guess because like this character doesn't actually have any hair she's got a beautiful uh head full of yarn it's mm-hmm. jesse from toy story oh toy story great one specifically great one yeah voiced by the the wonderfully talented joan cusack mm-hmm. i toy story and pixar movies in general are really good about just like cementing minor characters and making them feel like they've been there all along like it's hard to remember that she wasn't in the first movie well same with bullseye you know who forgot all about her 
Oh. Her owner. Yeah. Well, that's one of the, like, there are a lot of sad Pixar yeah. songs. But when somebody loved me. Oh, everything was beautiful. <laughs> that's Sarah McLaughlin, right? Has to yeah. Be. Yep. Yeah. It's it's like they took that commercial for the ASPCA and just turned it into the story of a forgotten little girl's doll. Oh, rips my for damn heart out. Yeah, for just a dollar a day. Yeah, for just a dollar a day. You can save, save Jesse from crippling depression. You can save these toys from being left at a picnic. Yeah. Oh, God. It's terrible. When she knocks her under the bed and then when Jesse's like waiting, edging towards the the outside of the bed thinking that she's coming to pick her out but instead she just grabs that thing of lipstick to play with her friends crushing every time oh i'm sorry i totally i mixed that up completely lotso bear from toy story 3 is the one that got left behind at the picnic you're right either way the misery of these toys is very real <laughs> yeah it's pretty serious trauma yeah um but yeah jesse's great and she continues her greatness in Toy Story three. I'm glad that they paired. I'm glad that they paired her with Buzz. They're one of my favorite fictional couples. Yeah, they end up together, right? And Woody and Bo Peep. Mm, well, Bo Peep, like, I doesn't think. I don't think she appears at all in Toy Story three. Really? And actually, I'm pretty sure that the plot of the upcoming Toy Story four is that they go look for Bo Peep. Like, they don't know where really? she is. Really? Wow. Yeah. It's sort of yeah. ironic that Bo Peep is lost now. <laughs> maybe this time her ironic. sheep will find her i was gonna say if the sheep were still around it'd be pretty pretty cathartic to have them lead the charge to find the missing <laughs> the very <laughs> slow and annoying <laughs> charge to find her but he's like come on you go ahead we'll catch up <laughs> uh, we have to get this to pixar stat yeah seriously i'm pretty sure that rashida jones is writing this latest so We'll uh, we'll have her our people talk to her people. Seriously, Rashida Jones is doing that one. Yeah, she is. She is. Uh, I don't know how she got involved, but yeah, she's writing it. Wow, I'm in. I mean, I was already in, but that's good, great news. Yeah. All right. Uh, so moving on, number five is a character that probably has less sentimental value than a lot of these because, like, this character's prominence hasn't been emerging like since. Or until, um, within the last, like, I don't know, like 10 years now. It's Natasha Romanov, otherwise known as the Black Widow of the, Interesting. Mar- of the Marvel films. Um, I think she's a lot of people's favorite kind of character in that universe. One, because she's basically the only notable female character in that entire universe right now. Um, but also because she just, kicks ass um and kind of plays like the cool i know you love this movie as much as i do but in captain america 2 she plays just like the cool hip buddy of captain america and she's great yeah. in that film and she's kind of, terrific kind of carry yeah she kind of carries that movie because like chris evans is amazing but that character can't like necessarily carry a movie on his own mm-hmm. um yeah she's she's great and like the fact that she's been around i think she's as early on in those movies as, like, the first Iron Man. Like, she's and played perfectly by Scarlett Johansson. Oh, absolutely. Um, also kind of nice I'm so thinking it, she, that she's named Scarlett. That feels like a nice little addition to that character. Yeah. I wonder if Scarlett Johansson is a natural redhead. I feel like, no. 
because her name is Scarlet. I feel like that's a little too too yeah, convenient. That's too tidy. I think I want to say she's naturally a blonde. That feels right. I feel like a lot of the the redheads in Hollywood, like I know Emma Stone is a natural blonde. Yeah, um, which is so weird because she was a, a redhead in uh, Superbad, and which is the first thing I would think anybody saw her in. Yeah, uh, she's also a redhead in Easy A. That was after Superbad, though, right? Yeah, and and in Crazy Stupid Love. I mean, that's kind of like her default. I don't think I've ever seen her not be a red, except ironically in Spider Man Two. When she played Gwen Stacy and was blonde. Yeah, that was so, that was such a weird casting head fake. Like, you don't cast her and make her not be Mary Jane Watson. If that movie was good, it would have been yeah. cool, right? Yeah. Like, yes. oh, man, that would have been one of those are, things that worked. They're twisting it on their head. These guys are smart. They're playing with it. And like, since that movie sucked, it just came off as stupid. Yeah. Whereas um, the, the MJ reveal in the latest Spider-Man was really quirky and fun. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Speaking of Mary Jane Watson, <laughs> actually not not quite next. Um, number four is one that I know you're really gonna love. I wonder if you can guess based on that that qualifier. Wow, that I'm really gonna love number four. You, you is... more than probably anybody alive. Wow, I don't know. Could it be? Another... Could it be? Could it possibly be Daphne? It is Daphne. I don't is it really? Time. I don't even, yeah, it is. Wait, wait, no, 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 wait a second. Name. She does have a last name. Oh, shit. Um, Do any of them have last names? Yeah, it's super snooty. Dude. Scooby's last name is Doo. Um, oh my god, I'm forgetting all of their last names right now. But, um, yes, it's super snooty. Continue. Yeah, Daphne is even, somehow even less remarkable than Fred, I think. Yeah. Daphne um, Blake. Sorry, I just looked it up. It's Daphne Blake. <laughs> that fits. Yeah. Um, yeah, she like like I said, somehow even less remarkable than than Fred. Like Fred at least has the ascot, mm-hmm. um, and like kind of has the catchphrases. Velma's smart, Scooby's and Shaggy are you know, Scooby and Shaggy. Daphne and super stoned. Really, yeah, whatever. They're they're them. Daphne doesn't really do anything, and I'll. I'll uh, defer to you. You would know more than I would if there's like ever, ever a time in the show where she flashes any kind of brilliance or usefulness at all. I'm trying to think. So that depends on what what show we're talking about here. So if we're talking about the original um, Scooby Doo, where are you? No, she's there purely as a super sexist '60s sort of ploy to a uh, induce Fred to do stuff because what man can do stuff if not chasing after a woman? Um, and then B, make Velma jealous because Velma is just, you know, a bookish woman who's not anything to look at. And so, of course, she must be jealous of Daphne. Um, so by 60s logic in that show, no, she really does, she, she does nothing to contribute to the group, but she motivates Velma to try to be smarter because she's jealous and Fred to do stuff because he's trying to get with this hot chick. But if we go. And it's kind of the same logic. She gets a little bit more progressive as the show goes on, like later on when we meet Scooby's cousin and then Scrappy-Doo and all that stuff. Um, but when it comes to pup named Scooby-Doo, which is one of my favorite incarnations, she's actually she's actually very useful because she's explicitly very rich on this show. And so her wealth... her wealth well, her last is name often, is Blake. Yeah. And so her wealth is often very helpful in solving crimes. 
Uh, like soing staff, we need a bunch more weed. Yeah, I will say actually, just as a tangent here, um, which I think is kind of the whole show, but just a little tangent here. Uh, good friend Red Herring from Pup Named Scooby Doo. I don't know if you were a Pup Named Scooby Doo guy, but there's a character whose name is Red Herring. And Fred is convinced throughout the entire show, like the entire (laughs) run of the show, every time that it's Red Herring. And Red Herring is like this miniature bully who (laughs) wears a white cutoff shirt um, and like a green vest and has like a little heart with an arrow through it as a tattoo on his arm. And uh, he's a great redhead. He's, He's fantastic redhead. And his name is Red Herring. Speaking of redheads that are red herrings, um, do you remember, did you see, uh, 22 Jump Street? Yeah. Yeah. The, isn't there, the dude's name is Zook, or like they call him Bazooka. Oh, he's yeah, he's great. And they're like, what's that tattoo on your arm? He's like, oh, it's a red herring, my school mascot. <laughs> yeah, it was great. I really enjoyed that. Wow, two overt red-haired red herrings. Yeah. I'm glad Glad we bonus red bonus redheads. Yeah, nice. red herring was very helpful for me um, early on in understanding what a red herring was as a plot device. But then that was confused later on uh, when many other types of plot devices were introduced to me, like a MacGuffin, which is very similar to a red herring and uh, so similar that I'm not going to explain it on the podcast because I'll screw it up and sound like a dingus. But the red herring was it was a useful intro for me. Thank you, pup name Scooby Doo. Yeah, thank you. Well, I, I'm still a little confused on the exact definition of the MacGuffin. I hope someday there's a character named like MacGuffin. There probably double- is. All right, just I'll give it to you because I can't resist. Uh, yeah. So a MacGuffin is like the Maltese Falcon. So a MacGuffin is a plot device that takes you through the plot, but serves no purpose other than to advance the plot. So it doesn't. It doesn't turn out to be like a trick like a red herring does it just turns out to be meaningless to the plot and is there only to advance you further along so like the holy grail or like like anything in indiana jones like the holy grail or like the the ark of the covenant so but like... the, uh, so i'm not a huge indie guy uh so it just has to be meaningless though it can't actually oh. hold any meaning that's oh, no. that's it the dis- having meaning right so, so that's okay. what i'm saying that's the distinction it has to be something sort of pointless that people are chasing after um, just to advance the plot. Mm-hmm. So, so the Holy Grail, but in a movie like Monty Python. That's so. That's what I thought you were referencing. Yes. So, in something like Monty Python, it would be it would be kind of a MacGuffin. But the Maltese Falcon is the most famous MacGuffin. Excellent. Yeah. Wow. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, you're welcome. Now we learned something today. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Johnny. Cor- it's like the Johnny Karate Show. We got to learn something. <laughs> it's definition corner with mm-hmm. Mike. All right. So let's briefly recap then. So uh, I'll zip through 10 through 7. Egret, Dexter, Pippi, Chucky. And then we just did 6 through 4, which was Jesse of Toy Story, uh, Black Widow of the Marvel Universe, and Daphne Blake mm-hmm. uh, from Scooby-Doo. Yes. Uh, and so we alluded to this. Now we're doing top three. Yeah. We, we alluded, alluded to this earlier already, obviously. This is probably... My personal favorite redhead of all time, just because of my affinity for Spoderman and all things Spoderman. Mm-hmm. Mary Jane, uh, it's obviously Mary Jane for Watson. a lot of it just functions as kind of the love interest of of Peter Parker slash Spider Man. Um, mm-hmm. But from time to time, she comes into like a more a more pronounced role, and it's not really ever super notable. Um, but 
I think she's most famous for the Go Get Em Tiger line, which is Ugh. actually, a, I don't know if you know this about Spider-Man, but like in the original comics, like she's kind of led up to for a long time or alluded to many times before he ever actually meets her. And like her face. Really? Is, yeah. Her face is always obscured. Like his, his aunt is always trying to set him up with her and he's just. Oh, not, I like that. Yeah. And her, her face is always covered up by something or whatever. Um, and then, like, finally, after, like, an entire series of, like, an entire series, basically, in the last issue, they kind of reveal her face. And she, like, the, one of her other famous lines is, you just hit the jackpot. And, like, that's what she says, like, when you first see her face. It's pretty cool. Um, I like that. Yeah. She's great. And I think it it speaks to, like, the iconic nature of the character when it was weird like, at the end of this last Spider-Man movie, that she wasn't being played by a redhead. Um, yeah. So, like, I don't know how much her red hair, like, influences her character. I guess she's pretty sassy, which I guess you associate with red hair, I guess. But, like, she is, like, for sure has to be a redhead to the point yeah. where... To the point where it was weird when Emma Watson wasn't playing her. Um and, like, it, it made perfect sense that Kirsten Dunst was going to in, in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. So... Yeah. I think it's... I think it's, um... It's not so much that the redhead has to be stereotypically a redhead, but it is important that they be, like, iconic as a redhead. And Mary Jane Watson is nothing if not iconic as a redhead. Like, Kirsten Dunst, for all her... All her ups and downs in her career as an actress, needed to be a redhead. And just as a side note, was wonderful in those movies. She she was she hit the ball out of the park, but needed to be a redhead. Uh, absolutely, she's like one yeah. of the lone bright spots in the absolute dumpster fire that was Spider Man Three. You know, I I'm so disappointed still that I bought that um, that black Spider Man poster uh, before the movie came out, and it was but up in my bedroom for quite some time because it's one of the coolest movie posters of all time. It's the but one. Where he's on the building, right? And his reflection yep. is black. Oh. Yeah, it's amazing. It's such a cool poster, but that movie sucked. And it was such a waste because Thomas Hayden Church is fantastic. I mean, fantastic. Great as Lyle Vandergroot from George the Jungle, but also great in many <laughs> other roles. Um, I, so I was just so bummed because he was great and James Franco was not, he, it was weird because he wasn't self-aware James Franco yet. He hadn't realized that he was James Franco quite yet, but was still pretty serviceable in those movies. Um, and then, weirdly, the whole Eddie Brock played by, uh, what's his name there from uh, that 70s show was, was Topher Grace was interesting. But there was potential. Uh. I know. It's <laughs> it's such a sore spot. But yeah, you're right. Mary Jane was, was still excellent in that. Yeah, she was great. Um, yeah. Number two. Uh Number two, just because, like, probably, like, almost everyone in the world knows who this character is. Like, a lot of, a lot of the ones we've talked through so far are well-known, but aren't necessarily household names if you don't happen to run in the same uh, pop culture circles that we do. Yeah. Um, number two is Ariel of The Little Mermaid fame. Yes. You know, that was one that I was immediately thinking of. I, I don't, I, I'm not a huge Little Mermaid fan. Um, it's just not one of my favorites. I think that the villain there, Helga or whatever the hell her name is, Ursula, Mike is Ursula. Yes, excuse me. Um, she's a little too weird for me. But 
Ariel is really iconic, and the red hair is is a huge part of that. Well, there's the the iconic like pull up onto the rock and like shoot the yeah. hair back into the into the surf. Um, <laughs> yeah, like again, her red hair isn't necessarily a big part of her character, but she's like the redheaded princess. And I yeah. assume that like every redheaded child ever that was going through their awkward I'm a ginger little girl um phase, which is probably a, like a very large portion of their childhood, looked up to Ariel as kind of like the it can get it can get better. Um, this kind of makes me chuckle because that exact phenomenon that you're talking about, um it's so weird. It's almost like Disney could also apply that same thing to other girls who aren't generally represented in cartoons like i don't know say minorities because like ariel as a redhead was like the most out there sort of princess that he had for a long time it was like (laughs) all right um so this one well she's also white um very delicate sort of soft (laughs) soft nordic features but um get it this one's a redhead (laughs) so i I feel like she's sort of like a a precursor to eventually disney realizing that actual diversity uh was was a nice thing so i think ariel really stands out for that yeah i guess she's a bit of a trendsetter in the way of disney princess diversity because she opened the door for such princesses as you know mulan and i know the the one in the princess and the frog is black i believe um yeah she was i think she was the first yeah so so ariel was kind of the precursor for all of that and and now we're treated to a wide range of of disney princesses so yeah uh number one we talked about this already kind of how this this slot is a proxy for a a wide range of redheads uh i put ron weasley's name here because he's you know the best friend of the boy who lived and probably has more moments than any of them, any of the Weasleys in the, in the novels. Uh, he's not necessarily my favorite and I don't know if he's, I'm sure he's some people's favorites, but the Weasleys in general take this slot because they are easily the best, most amazing characters make some of the best characters ever written in it, in it ever. Like they're amazing. I love them all. Yeah. Except person. I get, I have to assume, I have to assume that Ginny Weasley is your favorite. Um, because of what I assume is a physical attraction you feel towards her? Uh, it's a, it's a good guess, Mike. Um, but actually, I feel a much closer affinity to, uh, Fred and George. I, I associate really? very well with them. Okay. The Interesting. I imagine that you and, uh, your brother Cameron could, could slot in well as those two. Oh, I wish. I've only Cameron and I had been twins. That would have been so much fun. You got, yeah, for, for the listeners, Kyle and Cameron are, basically twins just separated by several years um they look quite a bit alike and cameron seems for some reason to look up to his brother kyle and act a lot like him but he's just much funnier and more talented cameron is than me to be clear yeah yes oh yeah yeah who's your favorite weasley who's my favorite weasley ah that's a good question i mean i always thought that charlie was was pretty awesome i mean he's totally off screen um, for the most, he's literally always off screen in the films, um, and mostly off screen in the books. Um, but man, being a dragon tamer in Romania, that's so cool. But I gotta say, if we're, if we're just going my favorite Weasley, 
I think it's, I think it, ha- it has to be Ginny. But I don't know. Now that I'm talking through it, I'm totally, I'm totally thrown off because I love them all. You're right. Like this family is just awesome. I mean, Arthur is such a great, such a fantastic father figure. One of many for Harry. Uh, he's so sweet and he's really, I love how forgiving he is. Um, even after he realizes that Harry is the one who attacks him, um, you know, in the fifth book. He's just so sweet. Molly is so fierce. I love when you get introduced to her and she's using her magic to do all the chores around the house. I mean, they're just they're just awesome. Like she's great. The first time you meet them is at platform nine and three quarters, and she's just ushering them all over and shamelessly shouting all the magical world secrets. <laughs> so yeah, this is a long way around saying I you're right. I didn't originally want you to put them all together, but I'm realizing that there's no other way. They're so inextricable from each other. They're so great. Yeah, and so there's seven Weasley kids and two Weasley parents. So, like, we could almost yeah. have done a top ten of just Weasleys. Um, yeah, basically, and if we threw in Uncle Billius, then we're good. We've got our top ten. <laughs> Billius comfortably or his number nine. Yeah, oh, or his aunt Tess. If you recall, that his dress <laughs> robe smelled like his aunt Tess. Oh, perfect. Then we can bump Percy entirely. Yes. <laughs> Aunt Tess slots in at number nine. Uncle Billius is number ten. Yeah, oh, that would be great. Or, or I, I could entertain flipping that, but I... Yeah, then we'll talk them. about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so that completes the list. Um, Yeah, it's a little bit of a cop-out to group all the Weasleys as number one, but it's our show, so we're doing it. Um, yeah. Let's, let's go through real quick, just... Just um, go through all of them. So 10, Egret from Thrones. 9, Dexter of Dex's Lab. 8, Pippi Longstockings. 7, Chuck Finster. 6, Jesse. 5, Black Widow. 4, Daphne Blake. 3, Mary Jane Watson. 2, Ariel, Queen of the Sea. And number 1, the, the General Weasley. Interesting. All right, so so I'm just thinking, like, right off the top, a couple that feel like they're good targets to maybe pull off this list. Um, I think Dexter. Dexter might be a bit of a weak entry because, like I said, I don't I don't associate him with being a redhead. He is, and he's awesome, but I don't – he doesn't feel like a strong redhead to me. Um, so I he's think, one. Yeah, I think I may have fallen into the trap there of, of just kind of uh, putting him in there based on the notoriety of his show, which is great. Yeah. Um. But as a redhead himself, like maybe maybe not uh, such a notable redhead. That's fair. So he so he's one. Um, I think Pippi Longstocking is a strong pick, but I think there's a couple that I thought of during this uh, while you were talking that I think kind of play a similar role that we have to think about. And this is maybe just a, a hot take for me, or maybe really just a stupid take for me. But Black Widow. I don't I don't think of her all that much as a redhead. I know that she's a redhead. But I don't know. Maybe this is just my entry into this. So I wasn't a, a Marvel comics reader. I like DC. And so I don't really know her from the comics. So I only know her from the movies. And when my brain conjures up an image of Black Widow, it conjures up an image of Scarlett Johansson, which doesn't immediately cue up redhead in my brain. So those are a couple that I'm kind of looking at. I think Ariel might be a little strong at number two. Um, but I'll give you a couple, rattle off a couple that I was thinking of, and we'll kind of see where we can go from there. Yeah, we um, got. So one category is the cartoon redhead, who just is kind of a redhead, um, which seems to be a big theme here. I think the red hair lends itself to cartoon, 
because it's just a really easy color to draw on. It, it really like gets, it's really evocative, just kind of hits you with something. Um, but a couple that I thought of groundskeeper, Willie, oh. one of my, <laughs> nice. one of my all time favorite redheads. Um, I'm Yosemite. Sean Connery's best tattooed on my chest. <laughs> <laughs> Another one, Yosemite Sam. <laughs> Do you ever see, I'm trying to conjure up an image of him now and I'm thinking, his ridiculous mustache is certainly red. Do you ever see his hair under his hat? I I think so. I want to say it like it falls out the sides, but then again, those could just be mutton chops. I, well, I'm gonna have to Google an image now. But uh, yeah, you're right though. His his mustache is definitely of the red variety. Yeah. Um. One other one in in sort of the cartoon category that I thought of was Simba. Now, I know that we, we disqualified our friend Clifford because he has fur, but in reality, Simba has hair and the way they anthropomorphize that, uh, lion, like that is, that is hair. That is head hair. He shakes it around. So I think, I think Simba slash potentially Mufasa should at least be considered, uh, in this category. And I, I think he as a redhead is, is pretty iconic, especially when cast against the very strange black hair of uh, of Jeremy Irons' scar. <laughs> well, see, watching that movie again with the knowledge of who's voicing all the characters makes it so much, so much better. Because it's, yeah. it's Matthew Broderick, right? That does Simba. Yep. And obviously yep. James Earl Jones and then Jeremy Irons. It's a really well, well voice acted film. Yeah, and um, Nathan Lane, Nathan Lane as Timon. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Um, Actually, had, are you, I don't know if you're a Chance the Rapper fan, but I just listened to a song of his called, um, oh, shoot, it, it's going to escape me now. But he really eloquently references Simba and Mufasa in the same in the same line. I like um, that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'll be honest. Like He had not even occurred to me. Um, if we end up deciding to put him on this list, I'll have to jump pretty high because he's a, like a super iconic character. In yeah. Same, so that's that's role. one, and then yeah. uh, and then there's a couple that I was thinking that could sort of stand in on like the Pippi Longstocking kind of just uh, sort of a, a pop culture icon of days past, who just really is so notable for being a redhead, but then not really much else. Um, Raggedy Ann. Mm. So, is so that's Ann when just I. A, is she just a? Like the name of a of like a brand of doll, or does she have some kind of like personification either in literature or film or something? So as far as I know, she's originally a doll. I'm guessing there's probably some weird, you know, adaptation about her life. Um, yeah, but I think I think she started off just as a doll. Interesting. But she's one. Another one that I think fits a similar category would be old friend and creep in my book, Ronald McDonald. Hmm. Yeah, he is the face of McDonald's, or at least was. Yeah. Um, but then my last one, this one I think she has to be on the list. Like, there's no no question, this last one, and I think she should be high on the list, is Annie, as in Little Orphan Annie. So, like, I oh, think she is yeah. a an, a solid top five. She's a, she's a major redhead. Yeah, I whiffed on that one. Annie is uh, one of the greatest redheads of all time, assuredly. Okay. Yeah. Um, of those ones you just listed, 
I think because you're right. Like the way that he like swings his head and it like falls around his shoulders and he clearly gets, yeah. he clearly really cares about it like a teenager would. Uh, mm-hmm. like it's personified as hair. And so even though it is and it's a and it's a lion's mane. It's not fur. Like a lion's mane is not fur. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we should include Simba on this list. Obviously, I think Annie should be on this list. Um, I think obvious candidates to... I think the weakest two on this list are probably, like you said, Dexter and... I don't know. When I think of Black Widow, I think of her as a redhead. But, like, the fact that there's debate about that makes me hesitant to put her on this list because we've, we've said multiple times now a really important factor is the undisputed redheadedness of that character. Um, and I think it's probably true that in, in some interpretations of her, she's not a redhead. Um, I think in all the movies she's been in, she is. But I, I think the fact that we're having this discussion probably warrants her removal from the list. If you're still don't let don't don't let my ignorance get in the way because I also think it's important that we not punish comic book origin people for their many incarnations because you know if you're ronald mcdonald all you have to deal with is sales literature and you know sales appearances from mcdonald's if you're you know mary jane if you're black widow you have to deal with being reincarnated by every you know tom dick and harry out there because everybody can do their fanfic and draw them differently so there there needs to be a higher bar and so i i don't want to take her off just because you know i'm a silly goose who doesn't think of her that way all right. Well, uh, we'll 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 leave her in the conversation then. But maybe maybe at at the very least that counts against her, and we slot her down a little bit. Yeah. So I'm of the mind. I I'm of the mind that I think that the two that we should we should remove immediately, and then maybe think about another potential removal. I think we should definitely remove Dexter, um, and I think Pippi Longstocking because I think that Annie Annie covers a lot of Pippi Longstocking's ground but in a much much more important way. Uh yeah, all right. I can get I can get down with that. Um let's let's slot Simba then. I would put Simba above pretty much everyone on this list then except for I think I think we can say the Weasleys are pretty safe at number 1. Yeah. I I I would be as bold as to say that Simba should be as high as like 2 then. See, I'm I'm of the mind. I actually think that I think you've got one rated a little too low. I think Mary Jane Watson is a strong number two. I think she is she is a very iconic redhead. More I, so I, than I, more so than Simba. I think so. Yeah, I think I think uh, I think she deserves the number two spot. I'm not gonna argue with you. I I love Mary Jane Watson. She's one of my favorite characters ever. Um, yeah, she's informed many of your life decisions. Obviously. Mike, you know that I make all my decisions based on factors that are not comic books. Um, I know you. I know you do. Obviously, but I don't know. Maybe it played some role. Uh, Just a let's, little bit. Let's put her at two then, and then yeah. okay. So then Simba at three. Yeah, Simba feels like a, a very solid number three. All right, so top three: uh, Weasley number one, MJ at two, and then Simba mm-hmm. at three. I like it. Yeah, and um, and I think from there, I think I think that Annie 
I, this is a rare case where we've got two kind of off the board that I think deserve not just to be on the list, but a high spot. I think, I think Annie is a, is a pretty good number four. She's, she's been reincarnated several times really well every time. I don't know. That's uh, yeah, my thought. I would agree. I really like the one, the most, uh, the one I most associate is the one that came out when we were kids. Um, yeah. I love that movie. Um, yeah, looking at yeah, the rest- and, and this is something that I'm sure everybody of a certain age knows, but that uh, you and I don't really think about. Annie was very, very famous before the movies for uh, her comic strip. Like mm. she was one of the the comic strips for a long time for kids, you know, taking out the Sunday funnies. Yeah, I, and looking at the rest of this list, I don't think anyone has as much cultural significance as she does. Yeah. So yeah, let's do it. Let's put Annie at four. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 I just looked up a picture of Yosemite Sam, and you cannot see his hair, but his eyeballs are completely ringed in his eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you wouldn't be faulted for mistaking his ridiculous eyebrows for his actual hair. So you, <laughs> you can bet if his eyebrows and his mustache are, are red, that the rest of his head is too. Um, yeah, he's an all time classic too. I don't know. What do you think about Daphne? Looking at it now, I think maybe four, obviously she's not going to be four anymore, but yeah, maybe even the top five is a little high for her since we have discussed that she's literally only there to bolster the personality traits of people near her. Yeah, I, I think she deserves to be pushed down a little bit, um, or up, I guess, depending on your perspective. But I think she definitely deserves her place in the list, but I think she needs to move back a little bit. Okay. I would put her then below, I think, probably Jesse and Chucky. Like, both have more kind of, uh, have larger roles in their respective universes than Daphne does. I was going to say that. I actually think Chucky deserves to jump Jesse, too. I think Chucky is, is a little bit more, um, I think Jesse's obviously a better character because that arc was just incredible in, in Toy Story 2. But I think Chucky's a little more famous. I think if you took a poll of people, I think Chucky takes it home a little bit more. Chucky's definitely more better known, I would I would say. And I think um, as far as as far as the importance of there being a redhead goes or like how well known they are as a redhead, I think it's kind of I think it's kind of neck and neck. I think for both of them, they stand out from their surroundings for their red hair, but I, yeah. I think that well, they, uh, I think fame is an important factor here. Well, okay, then if we're talking about fame, Yosemite Sam is a Looney Tune. Like, he's among the most famous cartoons ever. Would you say he's more, based on that criteria, I would say that he is probably even more better he's probably more well known than than jesse at least probably even chucky that's true i guess i'm putting a little bit of a personal bias in here or maybe it's not personal it's more like critical bias of jesse's just so incredible and is part of such an incredible film series Mm -hmm. that it's hard to think of her dropping behind yosemite sam and chucky but it it could be it could be what do you think why don't we move i think like i think it's like you said Jesse Jesse's career is punctuated with very high highs in Toy Story 2 and then to a lesser degree Toy Story 3. Um 
Whereas Yosemite Sam's career was basically just the same gag, but for just a really, really, really long time. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that's probably enough for me to put him above Jesse. He's just an enduring character. Uh, yeah. But I, I don't want to go much further down with Jesse because, man, she's probably the best part of Toy Story 2, apart from Zerg, of course. Yeah. Let's throw Yosemite Sam in at number five. At number five, so above Chucky too, then? Yeah, All I right. think so. I well, think so. Garsh, Mike. Doesn't doesn't Chucky say that? The Garsh? Yeah, he does. And it's wonderful. <laughs> Alright, All right, well, let's get into decision time. I think we're going to have to, either Black Widow's going to have to go or Egret's going to have to go. Um, and I, I personally, I, I can't let Egret off this list. I can't. No, I don't want to either. <laughs> it's all. feeling to me like Black Widow might be uh, the odd lady out. Well, so hold on. We've got we've got one through seven currently. Jesse's number seven on our list. That leaves mm-hmm. three spots. Yep. Um, one of which is for Egret. One of which is for Daphne. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Ariel, we still have to slot in here. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, so one of those four needs to go, and it can't be Ariel, and it can't be. I guess it could. I don't know. I think it's gonna have to be. It's gonna have to be Daphne, or it's gonna have to be Black Widow. I'm. Yeah, I'm okay with it being Black Widow. She's just like like there's not that many people know who she is. I does probably sway it a little hard here for my love of that that film series and love of comic books in general. Yeah, um, Daphne is Daphne is part of one of the most famous cartoon gangs of all time, no doubt. So, okay, so how do you feel about Ariel and then Daphne and then Egret? I think that's probably the appropriate order. Yeah, feels like we got a list. That's a that's ten right there. Uh, man, we really moved this one around a lot. I'm glad that you're doing research for this one was hard because like usually I feel like there just aren't that many to choose from when we do these lists like there's like a pretty i'd say there are like 15 that we take in serious consideration yeah um but this there there are like a lot like besides the honorable mentions that that we listed i've got another eight or nine names on this list that like i didn't even mention but you would know who they are like do you remember madeline the madeline books it's so you know what it's so funny you say that because i was trying to remember if she was a redhead Yep. Don't. It's a bad thing you mentioned that now because I was thinking she definitely deserved to be on the list, but I couldn't remember if she was a redhead. So that yeah. immediately proves she doesn't deserve it because I don't associate her strongly enough with being a redhead. But man, I, yeah. I love Madeline. Nicole and Felicia, my two older sisters, love Madeline. I did too as a kid. Yeah, a lot of people did. Um, so she's she's one like Wendy of of Wendy's, <laughs> obviously. Of course, um, Jean Grey of the X Men. Uh, of the X-Men universe. You got Wilma Flintstone. Mm-hmm. You've got, I don't even know her name. Oh, good point. Yep. You've got, uh, the girl from Brave, that Pixar movie. That, Merida. Yeah, that one. Uh, and then also from the Thrones universe, you mentioned, uh, Tormund and also Sansa. Like, yeah. the fact that we didn't even talk about Sansa, she's the second red, the it's redhead a, it's on a memorable, a memorable shade. A memorable shade. Ah, oh, get out of here. Yeah. So there's, like, this is a really long, List. So hopefully I can be excused for missing 
for not even considering numbers three through five on our ultimate list. But yeah, no, there's there's no shame in that. I the moment you said this, I was overwhelmed. I was there's so many choices, there's a but lot. I, I feel I feel good about the list. I feel um, good about it. Yeah, want um, me to recap? Yeah, real quick. Um, do you right. have, you'll have go for it. Yeah, I'm ready to roll. All right, ten, Egret, nine, Daphne, eight, Ariel, seven, Jesse of Toy Story, six, Chucky Finster, five, Yosemite Sam, four, Little Orphan Annie, three, Simba, number two, Mary Jane Watson, and number one, a little bit of a cop out, but we're gonna do it. The entire Weasley clan. And I think uh, I think with that, that's it for this week. We've got a list. Thanks, Mike. We've got a that list. Thank you, Kyle. Alrighty, friends. That was our top 10 for this week. But now we'd love to hear your top 10. So please check us out on all of our available social media outlets, traditional outlets, whatever outlets we have. Check us out on Twitter at Top10KM. That's all spelled out, Top10KM. Our email, Top10KM spelled the same way at gmail.com or our site top10km.podbean.com all forms of communication accepted except for serial killer notes please don't send us any of those if you like the pod be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never have to miss an episode of top 10 ever again if you didn't like it please tell us why we'll try to make the show better our theme music was composed by kevin mcleod and our artwork was created by Aaron Sant. You can check out her stuff at Sant Design on Instagram. Alrighty, goons. We'll see you next week.